Hi, and welcome back to For the Crest Podcast. This is episode, I forget what number, I'll figure it out later. Um, what are we calling it? A toothless... A toothless night in Swansea? Is that what we agreed on last night? Oh, yes, yes. A toothless, okay. a toothless night, night in Swansea. Swansea. Yes. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> Recording um, the morning after the match, so we kind of sat on it. We watched it twice. Um, so first let's just do a brief bit of what we thought the first time we watched it, or we just watched it for fun. Yeah, we just watched it as fans the first time, live. Um, and I think we probably both can agree with us. It was just really nice to have them back. Yeah. Yeah, it was just nice to see them play. And I think, I think we agree on basically three things. It's nice to have them back. The midfield trio was awesome. Yeah. And... We were um, not great in the final third. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There was there was. I think we also agree there was a lot of really individual brilliance. There was some nice yeah individual stuff. Weston McKenney's passing <laughs> stuck out to me when I watched it the first time. Yeah, I don't recall watching him with the long switches. I don't know if Pirlo's been working with him on that specifically. Probably has. That's a pure lowy thing, mm. but it's working. And um, one of the things I noticed was just the energy and the tempo. Like these guys just played at a higher tempo and a higher energy, and I think with more passion and like we pressed. Yeah, and like we're beautiful. pressing for the for. I don't. I honestly can't remember the we, last time we, we did that. In Jan we Jan kind of, yeah we kind of did it in Jan Camp, but not and to we, the. We, we had some weird press. Thing going on against Canada the second time, but it mm-hmm. didn't bring possession like it did against mm-hmm. against Wales. Yeah, um, yeah. That, those were our kind of just general observations watching it the first time. Our general fan observations. Mm-hmm. All right, how do you um, want to do? So I think we'll do it like how we kind of did it last night. So okay. we'll just kind of start. So we'll kind of go over first half thoughts, um, and then second half thoughts, overall thoughts. Um, so we'll start with the lineup. Uh, I have it written down, so I guess I'll go with it. Uh, so Zach Steffen was in goal, as expected. Um, the back line was from left to right, Anthony Robinson, John Brooks, Matt Miazga, and Serginio Dest. Tyler Adams, we got to see him at the six. He was fantastic. Weston McKenney and Musa played in front of him. They they were the two pressing eights. They really did. One of them didn't go further forward than the other most of the time. Conrad and Gio Reyna um, were the lineup as wingers, and then Sebastian Leggett was the number nine. We'll talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about positioning? What you saw? Uh, so I I did this for the first half. I did not do it for the second half. Uh, but so just interesting where players moved at different points. So in early build-up, so basically when the ball was at the center backs, uh, Tyler Adams was deep, as we expected. The fullbacks pushed quite really high. In Anthony Robinson's case, he was off the screen, so I really don't know how high he was, but he was up higher than I could see. Dest was fairly high, and Weston and McKenney, Weston McKenney and uh, Musa, kind of dropped back almost toward the right and left back spots. They didn't go all the way back, but they were behind the fullbacks. 
um, and behind sort of where you would call your central midfielder. So it was, it def you definitely saw the front five that you saw in Jan Camp uh, in early buildup. And then as we got the ball further forward, Tyler Adams did move forward as well. Unlike Jackson Ewell in Jan Camp, he stayed back to form the back three a lot more. He didn't ever really join the attack. But there was definitely a distinct line between the center backs and Tyler Adams. Uh, McKenney and Musa then would push very far forward. Gio Reyna a lot of times tucked in. Sebastian Legette dropped back out a little bit from where the nine would be. He played Falstein, which kind of left Conrad up the furthest a lot of times and to the left. Um, and Serginho Des sort of tried to fill in the right winger spot. And Robinson and Conrad a lot of times were a little closer together and further to the left. Um, it was really weird because we ended up with sort of a five-a-sided midfield. Like, it wasn't... It was not... We all sort of expected the diamond -y type midfield when you play a false nine, typically. But Gio Reyna tucked in and made it... I'm trying to do Gio... Pentagon, right? That's yes. Five. Pentagon. I think I said hexagon <coughs> last night. It was not six. It was five. So we had a weird sort of pentagon type midfield and we had no real point um, as a goal scorer so that that probably was the final third a piece of the final third problem so but yeah that that's what i have for for positioning uh, it was interesting and i think that helped a lot with possession when we had five a lot of times players in midfield uh, and it helped with recovering the ball tyler adams seemed like every time which, I mean, it's not surprising, but every time Wales would get the ball and just sort of get it out of there, he was the one that would recover it a lot. Red um, Bull! Yeah, he ran all the time, too. Um, but, but, yeah, the McKenny adams Musa midfield is very fun, and I like it. Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of fun. There were a lot of good things coming out of those three. Really, I can't think of much of anything bad or wrong, per se, that those three did. I don't think they really did much wrong. I mean, everybody had a heavy touch here or there. Yeah. Stuck on the ball too long, but that's rust and two, three days of training together yeah. in a new system for yeah. most of these players. Yeah, and playing... It's, it's different. It's, like, this is this is new even for McKenny because this is a new system. From so what? Outside of LeJet, he was in Jan Camp. Everybody else, this is new. Yeah. So, it, it did not look as bad as I was almost expecting because it, it looked a lot more cohesive and a lot more like the game we played for Jan Camp than I was really expecting because we did play as a collective whole quite well in defense and depressing. It was the yeah, final right. third goal scoring, but it's a little less good. Yeah. Which again was a problem in Jan Camp as well. We had a lot of the ball mm -hmm. and we only scored because we got a penalty. penalty. So and Serginho Dest went up one-on-one -on -one a couple of times, like Reggie Cannon did. When he drew the penalty, the defender just didn't dive in on him. So, again, the attack still hasn't worked under this system necessarily how we want, but... Yeah. The other pieces are there. We kept, we've kept two clean sheets with it, so something's yes. working defensively. Um, yeah. I mean, the press has worked well. We've had mm -hmm. good possession. Just haven't had the, that final piece... Which I think that unlocks it, the goal score. Which I honestly think getting a Josh Sargent in there. Josh Sargent, Josie Altidore, even Jazzy Zardes. Yeah. 
uh, I think. Especially if we're going to have the press and we're going to have the mid, like more of a midfieldy type right winger with Gio Reyna. We really shouldn't need the striker to tuck in so much and help playmake. We can afford to have more of just a natural finisher. Mm. Um, because we already have four basic midfielders at that point. We don't need a fifth, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so... Do you want me to go for my more specific observations? Okay, so I just kind of took notes of anything of interest that I noted, and then the minute it happened, um, and just kind of gathering. I didn't watch for any one specific thing. I just watched for anything that would have been a red flag or a really green flag. So we'll see what I've got. Um... A couple early notes I have are just about the players not quite being on the same page. Um, a couple times I saw balls come and someone being a little bit in front of them, a little bit behind them. Not not quite. The ideas were good, but the execution just wasn't quite there. And a lot of that would come down to the practice piece of it. Um, and these guys, a lot of these guys having never played with each other before, like one I have noted is a ball from Tyler Adams to Conrad. Tyler Adams and Conrad have never played together before. They met each other a couple days ago. <laughs> um, I have a couple notes about Conrad and Gio needing to make more direct runs into the box. Um, Leggett was popping up on the right wing at times, which left me a lot of question marks. Um, where was Sergio uh, and Gio? And that why is our false nine on the wing? Um, a couple notes about some good tackles from uh, Matt Miazga. Um, yeah, a couple more notes about good balls being played into the box, but no one making the run that would traditionally be made by your nine, which would have been legit in this case. Um, couple not-so-great moments from Anthony Robinson early on. Um, uh, a couple notes about a couple players not being all-in on the press at times. Um, more, not so much because they weren't doing it. I think it was a little bit more of confusion as to what was going on. Um, this is still in the first half of the first half. Because um, I didn't, I didn't notice much of that later. It was just kind of like a growing in thing. It's um, so like I have a note here about in like the nineteenth, twentieth minute. Tyler Adams was the only one really pressing. Um, surprise, surprise! The kid from Red Bull is the only one pressing. Um, but just things like a couple notes like that uh, with the press that it just wasn't quite all together in the beginning that I think I didn't I don't have that note later on so I'm, I'm assuming that was probably a grow into it kind of thing um, a couple notes about Weston um, being a dictator like a play dictator like he's a couple times several times him and and Tyler Adams really pointing play the ball here play the ball there yelling and yelling at guys to play it forward play it backwards hold on to it pass it fast pass it, it which was just really nice to see. We've kind of been missing that, I think, in the midfield for a while. Is someone, um, are guys willing to step up and make, and kind of do that? Because you see, you notice anytime you watch one of the top teams, there's always people 
dictating where to go, pointing, play here, go there. And we haven't had that. Uh, but I noticed both Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney doing that. And they were on the same page when they were doing it. I didn't notice any time where one of them told them to do one thing and the other was telling someone to do a different thing. They were all always on the same page, which was nice. Um, I have a note here about uh, Musa being angry after being fouled. And I have, this is a good thing to have in a player. And we need more players like this. I think I think during the game I made a comment that I was happy he was bad mm -hmm. because he he had some passion it showed that he actually cared he wasn't just here, here to be here yeah get the value update put pressure on England to call him up kind of thing like he it, wants it to be the, here he didn't have the oh I'll just go here so England call me up sooner he had the I actually want to be here and I want to win yeah yeah and then I then um, I have a note about uh, Legit fumbling the ball again and breaking down our attack again. Um, uh, another note about Musa being gritty and conca Caffey. Um, couple of notes um, about Legette's play, not necessarily what we needed. Uh, which a note about that. None of this, I think, is, I think this can be taken as saying Legette's a bad player, and that's not the case. I don't think Legette's a bad player, and I think he belongs on the national team, to be honest. I might get some flack from that because he's an MLSer. But he's proved that he can be useful on the national team. The issue with this is where he was playing. I mean, this is the first time I've watched him for the national team, and I'd say that he... I don't even know if he had a bad game, necessarily. It's like, But this is the first time he didn't have a positive impact on yes. the team. And this is the first time he's played as a false nine, so yes. I don't know, maybe don't play your midfielder as a false nine, <laughs> Greg. Um, yeah, I have a couple times, um, I'm, towards the end of the first half, which is where I'm at with my notes, it got pretty rough for him. Um, he had a couple, yeah. And a lot of it, again, isn't anything that he was doing necessarily wrong, um, in terms of his skill set. It's things that he wasn't necessarily doing that you would want your nine or false nine to do, but Legette's not a nine or a false nine, so you can't really. I, I would say you can't expect him to to intuitively know this, and it's not like he's been trained there for a long time. I mean, he is also twenty eight years old, so definitely old dog, new trick. Yeah, um, and it didn't work, and that's not on Legette's. That that's I mean. You can't know until you try it, I guess. Yeah, We've tried it. No we know it doesn't work. We Thankfully, we tried it in a friendly. We're not out anything. Let's just move on. Um, but I have a couple notes here um, about Conrad taking up some good positions um, with the ball to play it in, but no one's making the run. Who would expect your nine to do that? I have a couple times where Legette has the ball and doesn't pass it to the right person. Um... And then I have a note here, it's interesting, more so from a Wales point of view, I think, than an Ars point of view. When Legette was dropping back in, he wasn't dragging defenders with him. I think you made that note, too. Yeah. Um, they were just letting him roam, uh, which I don't yeah, he know. Didn't, he didn't pull a center back out when he would drop into midfield or really disorganize that back line, which, again, Wales is very organized defensively, and they just generally, like, they play for the clean sheet and if they get a goal, cool, basically. Yeah. So they're a very Mourinho-y team. Yeah, they they 
they want to defend, they take pride in the clean sheet, so it's not terribly surprising that we struggled in the final third. Everybody does. That's what whales do to you. <laughs> yeah. And then you have three days, two, three days of training, and you try to go up against that. It's always going to be yeah, harder. Yeah. And the, the the average age of the starting 11 22. was like 22 or 22 years and 48 days. And when you take days. out the two center backs and, and your goalkeeper, it gets a lot younger than that. Yeah. Um, and then I have a couple more notes about runs. Legit not making the right run necessarily. Um, I have a note here, too. Um... Uh, Anthony Robinson got beat for pace. He was pushed up, up pitch, um, and then but I have, and then and then Brooks recovers it. And then on the other side, I have notes um, sometimes about Dest being caught up pitch and Miazga recovering it, um, which just to me. I think we talked about this last night. The yeah. defensive unit as a whole actually worked pretty well. Um, yeah, definitely rusty. The definitely fullbacks, like like the fullbacks several times. It was both Dest and Anthony Robinson. Would get caught up field, but generally speaking, the center backs, their center back partner, so to speak, right or left center back, would sort of cover them um, if they couldn't get back in time. I think one time, I think it was from the left, they actually got the cross in, but Matt Miazga cleared the cross. I think that was the only time I can recall when they did this, had to block the cross or force them back mm-hmm. and try to do something else. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I have more notes about needing a nine to make runs. Um, for that, this time it was Robinson. Um, Conrad had a lot of nice bits of kind of individual play. Um, a lot of he showed a lot of skill, um, which I kind of hate. Not hate Conrad playing without a nine because what he does, if you've ever watched him for Barca B, he's a cro- he crosses the ball more so like. He's not necessarily the tuck in and shoot type. He's more com- he crosses the ball quite a bit for them. This, um, this is not a Conrad game. Either, yes, he he likes to be able to have some space to dribble and to put a yeah. run in, and that's not at all what Wales do for you. So. Yeah, it was really sense because there was a, several times where like you could I, you could I could tell like he wanted to cross the ball into the box, but no one was making the run for him to cross the ball to. There was far too many instances where you look at the box and there's like four or five defenders and like maybe one U.S. player, and you're like, well, this isn't going well. It's like everyone was scared to get into the box and actually get in a position to, to goal score. Yeah. Um, which happens when you don't have a natural goal score on the pitch. Who knew? Um, and then Which, uh, I don't have the stats for this, but I think Weston McKennie was probably the the player with the most international goals that started this this game, and he has I think six, and three of them came against Cuba, probably, and one of them Curacao. <laughs> yeah, and it's like if you take out Christian Pulisic in Cuba, I think he's got one goal. Wait, <laughs> 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 no, no, he it was Josie Alvador. So if you take out true number nine moment, but yeah, so basically we had nobody that could really goal score. Um, anything else? Um, last note I have um, are uh, the Destin Conrad connection was really good. I liked what I saw from them a lot. There's a lot of switching play from one to the other. A lot of a lot of good moments of them. Um, you can tell they they're close and that they played together with the U20s. Is that they they have a strong connection? It was pretty clear. Then uh, the absolute last note I have for the first half is someone please shoot. Yes. 
Um, and Legette had a better run, but got too cute. So don't be, so my basic note is, Legette, don't be cute, but good run. And someone just bloody shoot. Yeah, this was definitely a half of trying to walk the ball into the net. Um, rather than just take a shot and see what happens. Um, so I'll go over a few of my halftime thoughts, or first half thoughts. Uh, well, first I'm going to talk about, so... I was curious this morning, so I looked it up. So Sebastian Legette scored six goals um, and had three assists for L.A. this season. Uh, in his 138 appearances across uh, MLS's back, the playoffs, and re MLS regular season, he has 22 goals and 15 assists. And for the U.S., he has 15 appearances and has scored two goals. So he is not a goal scorer by any stretch, which he's, uh, he's an attacking midfielder is what he is. So, again, I'm not going to go out here and say Sebastian Legette is a bad player because he didn't necessarily do well as a nine. He's not a nine. He's not a goal scorer. To hold him not goal scoring against him in this type of game would be unfair. Um, and Gio Reyna is also not a goal scorer. He has three goals and 30 appearances for Borussia Dortmund. A lot of those were the, like, 10-minute cameos last year, but still hasn't scored a lot. Conrad doesn't even have a senior appearance. Um, he's got a few goals for Barca B, but we had no goal scorer on this team. Again, so. even his goals for Barca B are more... He scored a couple, like, bangers. Mm -hmm. He's not a, like, get in the box and... Tap it home. Tap it in. He, he does more... make the composed run and finish type. Yeah, he's more of a... Which neither is Gio Reyna. His goals, all but one of them was sort of of the weird variety. A free kick off of Witzel, uh, Axel Witzel, which I still think should be considered an assist. The absolute belter in the DFB Cup last year. I'm sure you've seen that. And then the, the one he had that was a really nice finish. Uh, that would kind of be a little bit more what you'd expect from a goal scorer. But again, he has one of them. So yeah. far from a goal scorer. Uh, which, again, this system very well could work a lot better with Christian Pulisic because he's become more of a, a goal scorer at Chelsea. So maybe whenever, if ever, we get him back, uh, it might unlock things a little bit more as well. Yeah. Uh, and then so, there's always the having a true nine. So I'm going to talk about a couple things I've seen. Uh, so John Brooks, as he usually does, was very good with his passing. Uh, I thought Conrad had some good pressing moments, good ball recovery moments. And the midfield trio, we touched on this already, but they're just, they're, they have a lot of steel to them. They're not soft. They recover the ball well. They're technical. They're not just, you know, they're not three guys who are just, you know, bulls in a china shop type. They actually, they do those things, but they also have the technical skill to retain possession, to pass, and to break lines. Which is really nice, especially because it really makes the whole distributor six Bradley Yule role seem kind of unnecessary now. When you have John Brooks passing and the midfield trio that can sort of pass not necessarily that type of ball. West McKay did a couple times, but they have the technical ability to break lines either on the dribble, pass, and to work the ball into the attack. So I don't I think the Distributor 6 is sort of a thing of the past. Uh, 
Um, I wanted to touch on Anthony Robinson. I've seen a lot of hate um, about Anthony Robinson, saying you know, he's still not good enough. I marked him for two bad things, which were a couple of basically um, poor touches, bad pass that were giveaways that were poor. I mean, they did result in some dangerous counterattack opportunities. But it's like the thing I wanted to watch, and they were both early. It happened in the 10th and 14th minute. So they were both within the first 15 minutes and nerves and sort of getting worked into the game is still happening. Um, but what I really liked was his 1v1 defending because that's what he was really kind of poor at at times when he was with the national team the last time. And he looked pretty good. Um, he went up against Matondo, who was ridiculously fast and kind of tricky. Never really got beat. Got caught up field a couple times and made a couple of nice recoveries. So I don't get the Robinson hate. He's not a lockdown left back. He's not a worldly left back. But I still think Serginio on the right and Robinson at the on the left is better than putting Serge on the left. Mm-hmm. I think Cannon is probably a little bit of a better player than Robinson is. But Serginio does drop off a decent amount. If you watch him at Barcelona, defending on the left versus the right and attacking on the left versus the right, it's noticeable how much better he is on the right. I never really paid that close attention, but uh, it's it's glaringly obvious how much better he is on the right. Yeah. So the combination works better with Dest on the right, Robinson on the left. Yeah, it's not worth... Robinson isn't... He's not bad enough to make yeah. it... The the drop the you're not getting enough, if even a benefit, of moving Sergino to the left because I would say Sergino on the left isn't much better than Robinson on the left because he he drops off so much and then you're also losing everything he brings to you on the right and I don't yeah. think that that trade off is worth it. And it also congests the midfield even more because Sergino is not going to be wide left. The winger, whether it's Conrad, it's Christian, it's Tim Weah, whoever, isn't going to be wide left. They're going to tuck in and be more inverted. is going to want to tuck in and be more inverted, and you're just going to have a hole on your left flank where you're going to have one of those players be basically neutralized in the effort to keep width. Yep. Uh, so that's what I got for the first half. Anything else you want to touch on? Go to the second half. Uh... The one thing I have noted um, is with uh, Geo tucking in, because uh, he was pulling more inside and tucking more inside, and Legette was dropping back. Um, it was leaving way too much space at the top open. Uh, there wasn't anyone, there, there was no one on the, yeah, the right side, even to the center. It was just Conrad up on the left, which we, I think you kind of talked about it. There was this, yeah. there was a kind of drop off between where Conrad was and then where Geo and uh, Legette were, oh. which kind of made it difficult for Conrad to play balls in. It made it difficult for Serge to play balls in. Really, anyone, yeah, uh, because there wasn't anyone on the right side that was up high enough to get into a dangerous position. It, it was painful at times to watch. Yeah, how we were. How, like, would, the, the attack would get to a point where you would want the final ball to be played in, but it, it often wouldn't be played 
which would be annoying, but then you'd look in the box and there would be nobody there to finish it if it were played, so it would have been a waste. So it was a lot of trying to walk the ball into the goal, which if you watched, which again, Gio Reyna and, and Conrad have gotten a lot of hate for not, I don't know, being impactful enough, which is true. They didn't do a whole lot of impacting. Um, but you probably know about this. But if you watched Manchester City, a group with some of the best players in the world on it, when Aguero and Jesus were both hurt, their two natural goal scorers. Oh, good <laughs> lord, don't remind me. They were useless. I mean, you have Raheem Sterling, Phil Foden, Kevin Bruyne, and they could not score a goal to save their life. And it's like, those are some of the greatest players on the planet Earth, and they can't score a goal because they have no goal scorer. So, don't remind me. It's like, for the love Gio of God, Reyna, just play the 17-year-old. Gio Somebody. Reyna, Conrad, like, they, they can't... They can't create a goal for somebody who's not there to score it. So, yeah, that, like, yeah they had a couple moments where you want them to, to maybe make a pass. Like, Gio Reyna had an opportunity to pass to Legit. Um, instead, he just dribb over dribbles and gives the ball away. But it's like, it's like I'm not going to get that mad at Gio Reyna or Conrad for not being impactful or for being a bit of a ball hog because they have no one really to that's demanding the ball that is commanding in the box is really going to make a threat on goal. And when you look at it, Conrad Elefronte and, and Gio Reyna, like, I would rather them have the ball trying to score a goal than Sebastian Legette. It's like they're much more skillful. They're they're trickier. So if it's like I feel like there's still a better chance that we would have scored a goal with those two being a bit of a ball hog and just trying to make something happen than constantly feeding it into Legette. Because he's not a nine, he's not a natural goal scorer, so it's not going to end well. So, uh, I think, yeah. Yep. Second half? Yep. Do you want me to go? Do you... no. um, I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so the first note I have from the second half is that Matt had a really good header. <laughs> That's the first you note I have. that happened? 46th minute. <laughs> right at the, uh, it was a defensive header, clearance header. Um, uh, I have a couple notes about uh, playing the ball faster um, into the box, but again, like we were just saying, there really wasn't anyone in there to play it to. But um, we needed to do something at this point rather than hold on to it. We did a whole half of just holding on to it. So I was hoping they would try something. Um, and then uh, the first time I saw this happen in the, this half, but it was not the last, was in the 48th minute. Why was Serginho Dest in the yeah. number nine spot? I saw yeah, that happened a few times. And I, just, I remember we watched it the first time and I'm like, like live. And I'm like, I look at it. I'm like, who's that up there? And then it's two, and I'm like, why is Serginho leading the line right now? It's like, like, one, he's very far from where he needs to be defensively, and he's not a goal scorer at all. <laughs> nope. He misses a lot of chances he probably should have put away a few times. But. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I have one of our closest shot. the one that, one of our closest um closest we got to scoring a goal that's not the Conrad miss that everyone keeps hounding him about but yeah. like that's I don't which, expect him which to score again, that. I think in you know maybe career appearance four he puts that away yeah <laughs> career appearance one at 19 I'll forgive him yeah um keep in mind Conrad is still a u20 which people he's seem 19 to forget. years old 
Um, has never made a senior club appearance outside of one friendly. Yeah. And it was a rainy night in Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leggett almost had a tap-in off a really good ball from Jet, from Sergino Des, but he started his run too late, so he didn't get there in time. Yeah, so, I, I don't know if too late's the right word, but I, I watched this run very closely. So, basically, he actually identifies the play very well, as you would want from a nine. He makes a very good run with purpose, as you would want from a nine. The problem is his starting position is a little too deep, so he just can't get there. I mean, he'd have to have, like, ridiculous speed or to be a little bit farther forward when the play starts. So, again, I actually think Legette comes out of that looking good, but positionally, whether that was a tactical or if he was a little bit too deep, on his own, or if that was a tactical positioning from Greg, whichever way it goes, it's a goal, I think, if we have a nine who wants to be further forward and is really leading the line. Yeah. So that's sort of the, I, I think at this point it's 1-0 if we have Soto, Giochini, or Wea up top. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a couple of nervy, I have a nervy back pass written, or Matt... Uh, back pass to Zach, but didn't get quite enough on it. So Zach met it. Um, it's a little Neuer moment. Yeah. Seconds before the attacker would have slotted it into the net. Um, just a, a little more on that pass Although, there. The one thing I will say about Zach, he was calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very calm. <laughs> He's a little getting... too calm almost. Like, he was like, oh yeah, let me just saunter out. I'm like, would you hurry up? <laughs> He's... He's learning from Eddie. Iceman. It was not a little sprint, like, nervy sprint type thing. It was a, oh, I'll just saunter out and pass this over to John. Um, Which um, is good. Keep possession. Yeah. I have... um, The next note I have is that there were... um, That Legette needed to play the ball across for Gio Reyna. I've seen... This one, this moment's been floating around quite a bit. Um, Rado was wide open and legit didn't pick his head up and instead shot, but at least we shot. Which you know, I don't mind your striker to shoot there, but legit, again, like, he's not, like, you, you wouldn't expect Sebastian Legit to score there. Yeah. Right? If that's Josh Sargent or one of your strikers, like, okay, yeah, take a whack, you're a striker. That's what you do. Yeah. You never get mad at, at a number nine for doing that. But the pass is there for Gio to have a tap in. I mean, like, he does have to, like, there is a defender in front of him. It's not going to be, you know, as simple, like, oh, that's wide open pass. But it's there. Yeah, it's not a pass it to the back of the net. But it's, it's there, and it is it is one that, like, if he does get it to, to you know, it's a tap in. Yeah. So, I would like to see him pick his head up there. But, yeah, but again, I'm not, not going to be like... It's I'm also not, not a nine. Him. Yeah. Um, and then the next note I have is that Conrad is very gritty, and he's got bite. Yeah. Uh, you did see some flashes of why Barcelona, at least there's been a couple of rumors about Barcelona moving him to fullback. Like he does have an offensive bite to him. Yeah. And he does work hard. Yeah, and, and then, I have notes. Um, He's fancy Paul Ariola. <laughs> that just popped in my head. I had to say it. Uh, next note, I've 
got, uh, Zach had that one not great moment. Um, if he's going to pass it to Tyler Adams, he needed to pass it a little sooner. Um, I had to, I just don't ever want him to pass to Tyler Adams there. I, I generally never want my goalkeeper to pass to a player who's running back at his own goal. <laughs> but, but okay. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Not, that wasn't the greatest decision on Zach's part. and I mean, nothing comes of it. They dealt with it pretty easily. There wasn't really... I never really got it, the it, sense It was never that, that, like, Jamaica-Venezuela moment of, like, oh, shit. It was a, oh, yikes. But it was yeah, not a, yeah. like, full-blown terror, we're about to concede type moment. Yeah, I, they, they dealt with it pretty easily. It wasn't... I, did, I wouldn't even say that was their best chance. On the goal. Yeah. I mean, so, they never really had, I don't even think they ever touched the ball necessarily. Poor touch from Tyler Adams, and then Zach runs out, collects. Yeah. I don't know if the attacker gets a touch or not. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I, I'm i not that worried about that little moment. They dealt with it very well. There's been a lot of hate around that moment, and people going back to, well, that's why Matt Turner should start. No, 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 no. Well, it might still be Guzan. Who knows? It was Stu. He's he might still be on the Guzon train. He might be. Although I saw. Although Tyler. we got him off the Bradley train, he did admit that Tyler Adams should be the starting six. He's about two years late. <laughs> but we got. That. And he's about six years late on. He thinks John Brooks is a starting center back. He had that one, and he acted like it was some like profound statement. It's like we've been there since about twenty fourteen World Cup. So that's only about a six year old opinion. Yeah, um, and then. Uh... Some more notes I've got. Musa has good, took up really good positions to recover second balls. Then the next note I have is shoot in all caps. Someone shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then there's the tactical foul by Matt that he really needed to do earlier because then he gives him a kind of dangerous free kick. Yeah, but was... at the end of the day, he still prevented the 1v1 by tactical fouling. So it was right idea, just do it sooner if you're going to tactical foul. That moment, again, like, I've seen I've seen hate for Conrad Gio and Matt Matt and A. Robinson. Then the Gio Conrad I think is a suspect of just whales being whales, and they aren't very impactful because it's whales. Anthony Robinson I've talked about I don't necessarily get that fully. Um, and then Matt Miazga is the other one because I watched this game twice. That's the only bad moment I saw from Matt Miazga. It's like he took a poor. Angle when he because he ran out, took a poor angle, got behind his, the attacker when he got beat to the ball, and then basically was just holding onto him the whole way, trying to get basically trying to get back to him close enough that he could follow him, and he didn't get there until he was pretty close to his own box. So it was a poor moment, but I don't I don't see why that means Matt Miasco was bad because other than that I thought he was good. He had a couple of really nice passes, yeah, as well. He's had a really nice one. To, um, Weston, who I think found was it Gio Reyna, who crossed it in. I think so. It was, it was Reyna or Sergio who got a, a dangerous cross in. So mm-hmm. that's my spiel on that. Next. Yeah, um, and then um, Reyna got angry with the foul that off the off the ball foul that wasn't called. Oh, I um, love that. And I have I love the edginess and the bite of these guys. Yes. They don't roll over and I, take shit. It's I made, great. I made a note of that as well. Yeah, I said I love Reyna putting a shoulder in, and then in my notes I have in all caps, "We need more dickheads." <laughs> so that was a dickhead move, and I'm here for it. 
I absolutely um, love that from Geo. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got a couple notes. Um, defensively, at one point, everyone got beat. Zach has a good save. I would say that's probably the closest they got to scoring. Yeah. Um, I, again, I've watched that twice. I'm not 100% sure who's most at fault for that. Obviously, it came from the left side, so a little bit of it is on Anthony Robinson, John Brooks. I'm thinking, was it, I can't remember who it was that got kind of beat to the ball in midfield. But again, like it was the one time it happened in midfield. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that was one of those, when you possess the ball and you want to play possession against a team that likes to counterattack, those will happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it was dealt with. Yeah. Clean sheet. I mean, I'd like to keep that shot from happening, but yeah. it wasn't terribly uh, dangerous. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I've gotten the, uh, we need more creativity. We're just passing horizontally and backwards. And I've watched City enough to know nothing happens when you do that. Yeah, it's almost like you need somebody in the box commanding the area and demanding the ball. Yeah. You know, like Aguero does or Holland. Yeah. Um, and then the next note I have um, is something I want to talk talk about a little bit because I noticed this happening. Um Weston and Serginio were interchanging their positions, and Weston was ending up out wide, and Serginio was, was so ending weird. up in the middle. And that does not, it did not look good. They Neither of them looked all that comfortable there. Although we did get to see some interesting tricks and flicks from Weston that I did <laughs> not know he had. Yeah, Weston has tricky feet. I do have that note from doing I mean, they're not that. quite tricky enough, because I don't think he ever won a corner. I think the <laughs> both times he pulled out the tricky feet, it ended up going off of him and out for a goal kick. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it looked good on TV. Yeah. Uh, Dest is definitely better on the wing, and then Dest doesn't, doesn't do much centrally, so they definitely need to flip their positions back. I don't know is, why. I, you may make this note later, but it is worth noting. He also popped up on the left yes. wing, so I don't know I don't know if that's something Greg saw or if that's something Weston was getting tired of just being a midfielder and decided to go Schalke and pop up somewhere else for once. I don't know. Yeah, um, but Weston's best centrally and should stay there. <laughs> That's my conclusion. Um, and then I've got um, another note about passing back to Zach under that much pressure that I did not like, particularly when he was out of goal. I'm fine passing back to him under pressure when he's in the box. However, <laughs> I do not like the idea of passing back to him while he's backward, walking backwards, half running to the goal. That seems risky to me. In the end, it worked out because there was a really nice pass from Zach. His Ederson training is going well. Which that, on that note, I, there was a few that he overhit or kind of hit off, but there was also a couple of really nice pickouts. Where he, yeah, I remember one, he picked up Conrad like on a dime. Mm-hmm. And then Conrad, I think, got up to legit, and it kind of sparked a little bit of an attack. It obviously, you know, fizzled out like they all did, but there was a couple of really nice passes yeah. from Zach. His, um, his passing has definitely gotten better at City. I agree with with uh, Greg on that one. Um, uh, next real note I've got is that Tyler Adams is not happy being subbed, and I like it. <laughs> I like the ha- these guys having was, a bit uh, of an attitude. I, I, I don't know if not happy, because did you see the picture yeah. of him like hugging Greg and like Greg's laughing? It's like, I think it was a, why you have to take me out? I was having fun. Like, I think it was disappointing because it's, it's like when, you know, you're little and you, your mom tells you it's time to go home from the park and you're like, aw. <laughs> I think it was an aw moment for Tyler Adams. 
<laughs> Sad puppy eyes. Um, and then I've got another note shortly after Adams came off and the desk was back at the striker position again. Don't know why. And then Uli <laughs> shot. Finally, somebody has a shot. And America rejoices. Yeah. Um, we needed we have a shot on goal. I think Uli needed to come on sooner because he does shoot. <laughs> Uli will take a shot. He's not afraid to. PC is a glimpse of goal. He I will really shoot, and we Uli. needed that. Like, like I don't know what his future is, but Uli as an idea, as a sort of, you know, off the bench impact sub, super sub, whatever you want to call it, really intrigues me so much because he does shoot. <laughs> It's like, when you're down a goal and CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, bringing him off the bench when you're, you know, down 2-1 to one and you're turning out in Tobago in a river, it may not end so poorly for you. Yeah. Sadness. Um, a lot of... Uh, oh, um, one of my favorite moments in the late, in the second half, uh, Serginho passed the ball to West, and Uli was actually making the run, uh, but West couldn't really get the ball down. It was a weird position, and um, it, it was not... Yeah, but something that that run did, though, it did pull defenders and move defenders around. Yes, it so. did, which is what opened up uh, It opened up a lot of space. You do that consistently um, throughout the entire game. Spaces will appear. Yep, exactly. And I really like that. Um, and a lot of that was down to Uli's movement and the fact that Uli was demanding the ball in the box. <laughs> Something that Legette never... I don't think he, I saw him do once. I, yeah, one that kind of disappointed me, and I, and I talked about it, Gio Reyna over-dribbled and gave the ball away and Legette was there for the pass. I'm mad legit. I did. I said, he might have, but I did not see it on TV of him during the play, you know, doing the arms out, give me the ball thing. And I didn't see it after the play of him going over to Gio and giving him a little hell for it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I want to like see Like Holland him. does yeah, when Gio doesn't play him the ball. I want to see whoever it is, the number nine, you know, or anybody really, when they have the ability to get in on goal, to demand the ball from whoever, no matter who that player is, whether you are Christian rolled on, God forbid he ever gets called up again, you know, yelling at Christian Pulisic, or if it's Gio Reyna and Legette, or Gio and Josh Sargent, whoever it is, I want the player that gets in a position to demand the ball and to be a little pissed if it doesn't come, because I want them to hold each other to a very high standard Yes. of basically perfection. It's the only way we'll get that. Yeah, and then I have a note here, uh, 77th minute, Desp's caught up field, um, and then a general note, Johnny is tough and ready for CONCACAF. Yeah, he conca a dude right near the <laughs> the, the manscaped area, <laughs> let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, Somebody almost got castrated on live television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Musa and Gio got subbed together. Um, I'm really annoyed when that sub happened because Gio was going to argue with Legette about taking that corner and he won <laughs> and then Greg subbed it before he got to take Which it. Which I love the little moment as our two 17-year-old yes, about my note 18. Is. Had a little like high five and Musa had such a big smile on his face. He looked so happy. I know. He looked. He literally looked like he enjoyed himself. He's happy. He's following Which, half the I team mean, now. I mean, when you look at the way we played like for the three in midfield, that had to be a fun game. Like, the mm-hmm. front three, yeah, that was a little annoying. The center backs were kind of probably a bit bored. The fullbacks didn't have a whole lot of impact. But the front, the, the middle three, 
Adams, Musa, and McKemmy, they had to have a blast. Yeah. They looked I mean, they like were they. just flying around everywhere, tackling, and, you know, that just looked like that would have been a fun time. Yeah. Um, I like why Adams was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. If I could have a word with Nogglesman, he probably was the one that told Greg he had to only play whatever it was, 70 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I have Search getting a yellow for dissent makes me really happy because we need people to get in a fight and argue and Which, be tough. Time, the second time I watched it, I actually saw it. So, I don't know if it went on beyond this, but right as Tim Wayat makes the contact, which I don't know that that's a foul, for the record, it, it's a little soft, I think. Um, but it probably technically is a foul. In my red, white, and blue glasses, it's soft, which probably means it's a foul. But as soon as the ref blows the whistle, Surge is like flying in his hands everywhere. Like he's pissed. And I love it. It's like he's he's personally offended that the ref would dare to call a foul on Timo. It's, I love it. I could uh, do without the unnecessary yellow card pickups, but I do like the passion. Yeah. Which is not because we haven't really seen that. We need a passionate that. team from everybody. We haven't really seen that. Yes. Recently. Um, and then the next note I have, um, I have just a couple notes. Um, Zach was, I like to see Zach confident in his defender's ability to defend without him, that didn't require him charging off the line all the time to deal with everything himself. I liked that he was, he let them handle things. Cause th that's yeah. something I have noticed with Zach a lot. Um, particularly Which, thinking I mean, back to Canada us. one. Um, he did not trust them at all. He was flying off his line for everything. He d he left like nothing to his defenders to deal with. Um, and I like to see that he's confident enough in letting them deal with stuff without him having to come off, fly off and deal with everything all the time. I, I do like the Miazga-Brooks partnership very much. So it be interesting to see. I think center back, right center back is still probably the most of a question mark between Aaron Law, Matt Miazga, maybe Chris Richards. I hope we get to um, see Brooks and Richards start next week. I would week. like to see that. That would be the more athletic <laughs> option. Because <laughs> Brooks is not that athletic. He has long legs, so he does cover ground after a few seconds of acceleration. But um, he is not quick, so he can get caught a little bit. And mm -hmm. Matt is just slow. Yeah, Matt's not. But he's beefy. Big. So... And he does read the game pretty well outside of that, again, one sort of horrible moment. Yeah. Um, and then I've got... Wales was really good at stopping our crosses, um, the ones we did attempt to put in. Um, but that's more down to Wales being, Wales being defensive. With, with that being said, though, Gio Reyna, I know, had a really nice one. He picked out Conrad's head really well. Serginho mm -hmm. had a couple across. I think Gio had another one across. So, like, we did have some dangerous crosses. Yeah. We also had some that got blocked off feet or just went right to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we started giving away a lot of stupid fouls late that weren't really yeah, I think necessary, we which was irritating to me. Um, I get it. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot I of get it. I... Like long, heavy legs. Yeah. Yeah, but it was just kind of a, a little disappointing, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, and then I have, um, in the 88th minute, there was a nice, a really nice ball from Robinson to Uli, but he just, and today just put a little too much on it for Uli to really get on the end of it. Yeah, it was um, over hit, but good idea. But yeah, the, the idea was really good. And that's, um, and then the last note I have is something he brought up. It's that Giacchini kind of runs like Alex Morgan. <laughs> I didn't even write that down. That was just a, a comment I made. 
and the rewatch, I'm like, wow, he, he runs like baby horse. <laughs> uh, which is Alex Morgan's nickname, if yes, you didn't know did that. that. Um, which now I can't unsee it. So, yeah. Now you can't, I imagine. Um, let's see. So, yeah, a couple so. of... I'm not going to go down through my individual notes, because I think we kind of touched on everything already. Um, but I'm going to go over sort of my general halftime thoughts. Or half-time Full-time. Thoughts. Full-time thoughts. Um, so in the second half, I thought the fullbacks did a lot better. Uh, I don't know if I said that, but I feel like the first half, I don't know if I said that, but the fullbacks needed to be better um, in the attack. Uh, I, and I think they were better in the uh, the second half in the attack, but there's still a significant amount of room for improvement. Greg did say in the press conference that he thought Sergio needs to be better, and I saw a couple people take offense to that. But I agree with him fully. Um, Sergio, I think, was solid. But based off what we know he can do, there's a lot left. And I want you know, him to be pushed to, to be as good as possible. And that's what Greg is doing. So, Yeah, I, I have no problem with that comment. I, th- I think it's true. I mean, we know what Sergio is capable of. Um, and he didn't hit that level yesterday. Yeah. Uh, not to say that he was bad or anything. He had a couple flashes of it. Yeah, but he didn't hit that level that we know he can. He absolutely stole Daniel James' soul. I mean, like, he, that was just rude. <laughs> and then he lost possession, which is a bummer. But he, if, if you watch Surge for any amount of time, you know, like, he pulls out one moment a game where you're just like, that was just mean. And it, it's like, and a lot of times they're almost this sort of unnecessarily like, mean thing to do because given the field position. Like, he did that at, like, midfield. It's not like he did it in the attacking third to try to get across it. Like, he just like, oh, I could just back pass this and keep possession, but I'm just going to steal this guy's soul. So, yeah, Serge is a bit of a dickhead, too, which I like it. Um, uh, overall, uh, I really like the pressing. I think long dead, the 4-4-2 mid block. Um, thank God. <laughs> It's like we're bringing some pressing, and that's another way we're going to score goals. We are going to score goals with the press, covering the ball, and just counter real quick. We we almost did that like two or three times mm-hmm. in this game. Conrad, again, maybe even against Panama, but cap three, cap four, he probably buries that. Yep. And um, then there was that one where he was offside. He was offside, which again, that's all. He's always going to be called offside there. But yes, I mean, there's those those moments of like make, forcing the team into a mistake in their own third, in their own box a lot of times. And uh, we didn't quite punish them fully, but we pounced on a couple opportunities, just couldn't finish them. Uh, It was very refreshing to have that happen to the other team instead of us. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Uh, uh, Overall, we were were definitely rusty. There was a lack of familiarity between the players and the system as a whole. And the players and each other. Yeah, um... How fast can you go? How much do I need to put on this ball and have you still get to it? Yeah. Like, how and fast do you run? That's to be expected. We trained for like two days. Um, but that's going to be a, a big factor on why we struggled in the final third. Because it's like when you're, you know, playing the tiki-taka stuff in midfield and in defense, like you have a lot more of a margin, especially with Wales, because they didn't really press us too hard or too high. 
But when you get down to the final third, the margins get very small, and you have to be very sharp and crisp mm -hmm. in your passing and your dribbling and your movements, and you have to be on the same page, and we just weren't, which okay. is a, a big factor as to why we didn't score. Um, I still think, again, we talk about this, but I, th I think we score if we had a nine on the field um, for more than, what, like 10 minutes when Diocini came on? Yeah. Um, and, again, I, I've seen a few people call out a couple players, and they said they were bad. I watched the game twice, and I don't think we had a bad player. Um, yeah, I agree. I highlighted a few players that I thought were good. Uh, John Brooks, the starting midfield trio, McKenny Adams, Musa. I thought Johnny was good. Dest was good, but could be better. But, yeah, still good. Created a couple chances. And I thought Zach was good um, outside of his one sort of pass that you talked about. Um, anything else? Um, yeah, I really, um, we had a lot of really good ideas that didn't necessarily come off and that's more or less down to just the repetitions and playing together and having time to train. I feel like if this, if we played this match on Monday and then Panama next Thursday, we would even see a very different outcome. Yeah, we'd get more of Greg's, and I'm going to use Greg's term, patterns of play. Yeah. Fancy. Uh, give it a few more days and uh, yeah. hopefully we are a little bit more threatening against Panama yeah. that's um, Monday right? yes yeah um, and then uh, a couple things um, our energy levels dropped off quite a bit in the second half which is to be expected that's um, yeah I think it was right around the 60 minute mark it was noticeable yeah that we got tired yeah and Wales kind of started to possess the ball more, more dangerous, but yeah, that's to be expected um, again. Yeah. And then I want to say we were, this was a really, really fluid match. I think like we played it was, well. It was a very beautiful, and we were, they were it, it connecting. It was beautiful for like seven eighths of the field. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of. Oh, so much good stuff to build off of, and I'm I'm really excited about what we saw. These kids have so much heart and so much energy and so much passion, and it's a nice refresher from a lot of the guys that we've been seeing in yeah. camp that just kind of oh, it's national team camp time, time to go play, and then they just kind of these kids no, these kids want to be there Which and I want think, to okay, win, that's, have that's, so that's, much fight and passion, and I love it. Yeah, that's a piece of the. Uh... The player's talent and skill set as well, because a lot of the players that we've been seeing, they aren't steely type players. They're not physical players um, a lot of times, which I, we kind of glossed over them a little bit. And I want to just take a minute to appreciate Johnny. Johnny Soccer. I, uh, goodbye, Yule. Goodbye, Trap. Goodbye, Bradley. We don't need you anymore. We found our backup six. Um... Johnny Sucker! I, I love I Johnny love him. And this Honestly, this is the first time I've ever watched him. I never watched him uh, with his club um, in Brazil, but... Yeah, I've only seen uh, a couple highlight videos and stuff. Yeah, and I, I know did, people I were like really, like, high of him. Um, but, man, he's... He's just so hard. I mean, like, we finally found somebody a little bit more in the Tyler Adams mold mm -hmm. to play six that has that that just sort of brawn to his game. He's Brazilian in you. 
He's got. He's not. There's two type of Brazilians. There's the flare Brazilian, and there's the I'm gonna cleat you in your thigh Brazilian. He's the cleat you in your thigh Brazilian. Which people, I, I find he's that he's the Ederson esque Brazilian. He tweeted the joke about New Jersey. I can't remember. Somebody tweeted a joke about that I being forget, a New yeah. Jersey. Hey, there's some of that New Jersey and and Johnny, even though he lived there for like a couple months. But yeah, I really, I really like Johnny. Yeah, yeah. I like Johnny too. There wasn't a new player I saw that disappointed me, or that I thought wasn't None of ready. the debutants were. I'd say they poor. all, yeah, they all looked mean, ready. Oda Zoe, and to an extent, Giochini, we didn't see enough of to make yeah. an assessment. Um, but yeah, all of the debutants. At worst, I am as high on as I was before, and then a yeah. few of them I'm much more high on. You it was nice to see Conrad get. Like, not on shoddy Barca B stream. Illegal Barca B streams because I can't get Barca TV points. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's nice to see... You can see why Barca like him. It's nice to see Conrad because, again, at the U20 World Cup, he got a lot of hate. And I feel like he's going to get hate for a similar thing because he didn't necessarily bring the final third product. But, again, like, he... I, I still really like him. He's still that same, you know, flary... Honestly, I've I didn't really think about it, but he is a fancy Paul Ariola. It's like he he will press, he will you know do the defensive work, he will cover ground, and he will recover the ball. But he also has the ability on the ball, which again we didn't see that necessarily against this team because Wales are really hard to break down. But yeah, well, again, he did have a nice turn and won us a really mm-hmm. dangerous free kick as well. So it's not like he didn't ever show it. Um, yeah, he's got he's. I'm, I'm very excited about Conrad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when the shot went way over, but the skill set to pull that out to even get to the shot point in that, at that yeah, point. I mean, his first was... touch off his chest was really nice. Mm-hmm. And again, if he waits like half a second for that ball to drop a little bit, it's top corner, beautiful. It's on, well, it's not on Sports Center in this country. It should be on Sports Center. And, you know, one deal. Yay. Yeah. But. Again, cap four. It's in the back <laughs> of the net. Bookmark this. Hate on me. Yeah. Any, got anything else? We good? No, I think that was it. Um, so yeah, just overall, I think we we're... We go again Monday. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm excited. We'll do another one of these after that game. Yep. I don't know if I'll get to watch that one live because I'm still waiting on my COVID test results. If I get them, I have to go back to work. Hopefully, I don't get them until Monday afternoon after work starts, and then I'll be able to watch the game. Well, we'll see you. Uh, Well, we won't see you. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.